Welcome in, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Spot Monkeys Live. I am Jim, joined as always by my good friend Tom Bobo. Tom, how are you doing? Super. Very, very happy. We are entering the month of September. Uh, August was a long month, but a good month. And again, you know, September means the start of fall-ish time. It's technically not fall, but uh, football season is right around the corner. I know we've mentioned football here a number of times in the podcast. And um, the final kind of quarter of the of the calendar year, which is always fun when you think of, if at least for me, I'll say football, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, traditions. It's all good. Absolutely. No, I'm the same way. Yeah, we've talked about football a lot on here. We've even talked about a football preview podcast, which may or may not get done. I don't know. Schedules are just crazy right now. Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe that'll happen. If not, maybe at least in a week or two, we'll make one or two really quick project- projections or something. But uh, yeah, it's fun time of year. And uh, it's also a fun time of year because All Out is coming up. And that is pretty much all that our show is dedicated to today, although let's be honest, we'll rabbit hole off into something else at some point, because um, that's what we do, two spot monkeys in a rabbit hole could be our subtitle. Um, but uh, All Out is, is the focus today uh, and making our head-to-head picks for this weekend show. Uh, Tom, with it being a holiday weekend, are you hoping to watch this show live or are you unsure yet? Uh, I think this. I think this might sound like a broken record. Uh, I would love to watch this show live, but I'm pretty certain I've said that before. When it comes to AEW and even WWE for that matter, even though I'm much higher on AEW, I don't know what our plans are as a family come Sunday. Uh, I know that we have plans with friends on the docket without a firm date. My fear is that that will materialize on Sunday instead of Saturday, and if that does happen. Uh, it pushes, it pushes the watching of All Out for sure. So uh, I can tell you this: come Sunday, um, if that if that does happen, uh, going to probably just turn off my phone for like thirty six hours, uh, and then and then I'll probably wake up early Monday on the holiday and uh, and order the or order. I think you can order the replay on demand at least with my cable company. So. That's that's probably what I would do. Yeah, and I uh, I'm traveling this weekend for a, a family obligation, so I will definitely not be seeing it on Sunday. I did take uh, we drive back here on Monday. Uh, I did take Tuesday off though, so that is the plan. Is uh, much like you, I think my phone's pretty much at least social media wise going to be off from uh, I don't know about five o'clock on Sunday afternoon until I watch the show on Tuesday. Um, so. Yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to see it, but uh going to be a little bit later. But that's okay. But as you know, we like to make head-to-head picks here. We always have a uh, a bet uh, for each half year, and uh, which Tom has won a couple of times in a row now. But, dun da dun I'm currently leading uh, by a whole match. A whole one match. Uh, I, like, current- I like the sound effect there, too. Dun-da-da-dun. <laughs> Little theme music feels good. Uh, <laughs> I am currently twenty-seven and five, and Tom is twenty-six and six. Which I don't know if that speaks to how good we are at predicting or how predictable uh, companies are with their pay-per-views, but uh, maybe both. Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. We'll see. 
But we have 10 matches just to uh, score, to pick. Sorry, Fantasy Wrestling League popped in my head there. 10 matches. I, I will have 10 matches to score on Tuesday when I watch this. Um, but uh, 10 matches to score. To score, geez, to pick for the end today. Um, that's too bad we don't edit this show. I could take that out. But uh, no, that, our editors also work with our crack research team, crackbot research team. So 10 matches to pick. Tom, you get to go first, however, uh, because, again, I'm leading. I'm just going to keep saying that because I don't get to say it very often in this, in this competition lately. Uh, but you get the first pick, and uh, we're starting off with the barn burner of the night, I think. Uh, the big show, the former big show, No More BS. I do like that as a tagline, by the way. Uh, Paul White gets his first in-ring match in AEW uh, as he takes on QT Marshall. I mentioned to you this before we, we started recording I kind of feel like this could get pushed to the buy-in, but maybe they'll add something else on Dynamite. We're recording this on Wednesday morning early, so uh, Dynamite has not happened yet, or Rampage for that matter. i got to remember there's two shows now. Uh, so maybe this won't. Maybe something else will. But White and Marshall, what are you thinking, Tom? Yeah, this is fine. Very basic. It's interesting to me um, on a loaded show that this is where you have Paul White's in-ring debut for AEW. Again, clearly he's in the sunsetting phase of his career. So, I, you know, I don't expect, you know, Darby Allen versus Paul White or, you know, someone of that caliber. Uh, Miro versus Paul White could have been interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. But, again, that's the, the quality of match wouldn't be probably what AEW wants. It would be the name versus the name. So that's why you end up here. I, I think it's going to be very basic. Um this may be a theme as we talk about a lot of the matches on this card um, in terms of the future of AEW. It would make sense for QT Marshall to win because he's the younger talent. That being said, I think this is uh, something to get the crowd happy and pop them. So Paul White's my pick here. Not a whole lot more to say. Yeah, I agree with you. This is fine. Um, and I think this is a fine use of Paul White. You know, we knew he was going to get some matches. They, they said that when they signed him. Um, you know, it was fairly clear he was not going to be a regular every week in-ring competitor, and, and that's good at this point in his career. I think he adds a lot in, in a lot of other areas and can be that um, kind of enforcer when you need one or stand up for the little guy like he did with Tony Schiavone here. Um, but, yeah, the, the story, I don't see this being a drawn-out story. So, you know, the story is Marshall and his crew are bullies. They bully Tony Schiavone. Now Paul White comes and gets revenge. Um, Lather, rinse, repeat, you know, however that goes. Um, probably choke slams all of the factory at some point. The only way I could see Marshall getting the win here, although I agree with you for the future, that would make more sense, um, would be if a go-go maybe comes back. And But I haven't heard a thing about a go-go coming back, and, and that doesn't mean he isn't. But, um, but if he were able to make it back and, you know, maybe he knocks out White and Marshall gets the win, that would be a way I could see it. But... I don't think that's happening here. Um, I'm with you. Paul White is the winner on that first match. Um, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't think it hurts QT Marshall either. Um, Marshall is slotted about where I think he belongs as a kind of lower mid-card annoying heel. Um, I think it works. So he works there and, and White works there. White gets the win. We will move on to the probably the hardest match to pick just because of the sheer number of people in it. Uh, the women's and the fact that we don't know everybody yet. Uh, the women's casino royale battle royale, featuring uh, the winner gets a future uh, women's title shot. 
So far announced, Nyla Rose, The Bunny, Ty Conti, Diamante, Red Velvet, Penelope Ford, Julia Hart, Big Swole, Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, and more. So one, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven of the 21 people have been announced. There are 10 more to go. Uh, you and I could sit here and try to come up with the other 10, but uh, let's not do that um, because that wouldn't be really riveting audio, I don't think. Um, I will say two people. Uh, one person that I kind of would expect to see and another that I would think could be the Joker, although either could be. Um, I'm feeling like it's about time, just from pictures and things like that I've seen, where we might see Anna Jay back. Um, and I think this would be a, a spot, although she would almost have to be the Joker. You'd hate to just throw her into one of the group of five that come out. Um, that would maybe seem a waste if they did that. Unless she was the first one announced in the first group or something like that, um, which could happen. Uh I do have a pick for the Joker before I get to my pick for the match. I think the Joker is Ruby Soho, uh, former Ruby Riot of WWE. A lot of rumors about her coming to AEW. Uh, she is now free and clear, I believe, from her contract. So um, that's going to be my pick for the the Joker. We'll see whether that comes. Not that we're picking that. No score on that. But um, I think Ruby Soho there. I think Soho could win it as the Joker. I think that's a possibility. I think we've only seen... Page won the first Casino Royale as the Joker. Brian Cage, but that was the the take the big gold ring thing, wasn't it? The Sonic the Hedgehog ring. I, I right. Don't know. Um, so I don't think that wasn't a battle royal. I don't know that the Jokers won. Leo Rush did not win the men's one, obviously, back at Double or Nothing. Uh, so I don't know whether the Joker does or not. It, Thunder Rosa is going to be my pick. I'm going a long way around here. Um, because I think getting back to Rosa versus Britt Baker makes a bunch of sense. In fact, I really thought that was going to be the title match for All Out, to be perfectly honest. Um, so a little bit surprised that wasn't the match. I'm going to go with Rosa, and I won't be shocked if I'm wrong, because it's a battle royal, and they often do things that I don't expect in battle royals. Yeah, this is tough to pick without a doubt. Um, it's funny that you picked Rosa, because I literally, 30 seconds before you made that pick, I wrote down Thunder Rosa too. That's my pick as well. I think it makes the most sense. I think when you go back to the classic that she and Britt Baker had earlier this year uh, and how that was unsanctioned, there's a lot of story to be told uh, with Thunder Rosa being a legitimate challenger. Not that she's not legitimate, but this gives her a more uh, legitimate or a, a clear stake at being a challenger so i like that pick a lot and that's why it's my pick too i also want to just acknowledge and it's so funny because i know before we recorded you said oh i think i know who the joker is and i go i have no no clue of course right before you mentioned ruby soho that was the the visual that popped into my mind too i do think it makes sense that she debut here as well uh the, the aw women's division's solid and, and and uh even though there's 10 more ladies not on this list that could show up will show up um it, it, it's interesting to watch it play out and uh, the future is bright. And yes, uh, if Anna J is ready to come back, she's a bright spot too. Again, I think the, the big story with Anna J is she's incredibly young and incredibly fresh in terms of being a talent. Like I want to say, thinking back to the Jericho podcast where she was on, I think in her career, she's maybe got less than 50 matches. And I maybe that's true. Maybe it's way less. Maybe it's a little bit above that. It's got to be less than 100. Uh, and she is just, she's a very big prospect. If you were looking to invest in a talent and you could say, hey, I'm going to buy stock in this person, Anna Jay is that person for me. So, yeah, 
I agree. I, I was a big fan of hers, and I thought she had come, not that she was bad when she came into AEW, but I thought she had come a long way um, in ring. I thought she'd gotten really good. Her and Ty Conti were a nice team as far, kind of almost seemed like they were starting to pair together people and maybe looking at a women's tag division, but then, you know, things happened and, and they didn't go that route at least yet, which is I'm actually fine with because I've yet to see a company in a long, long time and maybe ever do do right by women's tag team titles. Maybe Impact. Impact seems to feature them a little bit more often. Um, but you look at the NXT women's tag team titles, Yoshirai and Zoe Stark haven't been seen since they won them. Um, the WWE women's tag titles, granted, Natalia was hurt, so there's something, but they didn't do anything about it. Um, I mean, I just, women's tag titles, unfortunately, aren't featured. Now, maybe AEW can be the one who eventually bucks that trend. I don't know, but that's another story again for another podcast, perhaps. Um, I did think it was interesting that the Penelope Ford um, seemed to form some sort of an alliance with the bunny on, uh, I think that was on Rampage last week. Uh, could have been Dynamite, but it might have been Rampage. Do you remember that, Tom? I remember there being a backstage thing that they wanted her to be in the HFO. Well, and so she I... came out after the Bunny had her match with whoever the Bunny had a match with. Take on on Rampage? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then Penelope Ford came out, and I don't know if she helped her. I can't remember now, but she hit, raised her hand after the match, and they kind of looked at each other and nodded. So I expect you'll see them try to work together in this match. Um, and then probably Penelope Ford eliminate the bunny because she's the bad girl after all. Um, so, you know, you can't trust her kind of thing. Well, and, and let me just pause there. And I said QT Marshall, Marshall, Marsha, whatever it is. It's funny how uh, AEW has the names where they are. Like I just said, Tay Conti, it's Ty Conti because it's Tainara. But uh, on the screen, if for those of us joining, for those of you joining us on YouTube and not just listening through your earbuds and your favorite podcast feed, um, I get caught up on those. So I just wanted to spell T-A-Y, but it's Ty. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And, and names are, you know, I mean, Travis Kelsey wants to be, is apparently it's supposed to be Travis Kelce, I heard now. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. And that's from him. He actually said that. So I was like, okay. I'm never going to remember that and say it right. So, oh, sorry. Um, drafted him on Sunday in a league. I'm very happy about that. Anyways, again, not a football podcast. Let's move on in, uh, I almost said double or nothing, all out picks. Uh, you have the first pick here, Tom. And we're going to John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, kind of feels like the consolation prize, not getting Tanahashi, uh, but he was needed in Japan, obviously. So uh, what are you thinking about Kojima and Mox? Well, so I've loved everything that Moxley has done uh, when they brought in New Japan talent. I think about the Nagata match earlier this year. Clearly, Mox has a connection to New Japan, uh, being the former United States champion, having lost that to Archer, then Archer loses that to Tanahashi. You know, again, whether folks know or not, the kind of the original hope was that it was Tanahashi here and a title rematch for Mox, uh, even though it wasn't the guy he lost the title to. Didn't materialize, isn't materializing New Japan, his big shows this weekend too. So logistically, it could have worked, I read, but getting all of the moving pieces to coordinate and have Tanahashi be here um, would have probably been tough. This card also doesn't need it. So I'm all, I'm, if, if that's what we get down the road, uh, maybe at um, full gear, that'd be sweet. 
I know there's a lot of New Japan talent that are going to be stateside the rest of 2021, it appears, with a lot of announcements that are out there. Uh, and clearly, there's no issue with AEW working with New Japan um, or, or using their talent if, they, if they're not working together. This is going to be fine. It's going to be fun. I'll tell you this. I think back to, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the last Ring of Honor show that I went to, uh, one of the world, the world's uh, weekends or weeks uh, or tours. Uh, and there was a lot of kind of the older New Japan talent, uh, Kojima, Nagata, other guys, uh, in addition to some of the young lions that are in the LA dojo, who are much better now than they were even then. And they were on the rise then. I really enjoyed uh, seeing Kojima and Nagata and other talents at that time. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a good use, in my opinion, for Mox right now because Mox isn't in the world title scene. Uh, perhaps this is a is a platform to move into the TV title scene or TNT, not TV title, TNT title scene. Uh, and we'll talk about you know Mox's cohort getting a shot later in this uh, in this episode too. But it's a great way to get Mox that win. Kojima's a legend. Him losing to Moxley here doesn't hurt him at all and and i think he more than you know and when you take out the kind of the, just the the nuts and bolts of the, of the of the match kojima probably doesn't have a problem coming in and putting over john moxley yeah, absolutely you got a bird that wants to join the podcast it sounds like behind you there well, so the, the windows are open because i don't have, to ah. have my air on so yeah welcome to the midwest uh you know <laughs> september weather two spot monkeys in the great outdoors today um <laughs> At first, I thought maybe it's your dog whining or something. I'm like, no, that's a bird I hear, not a dog. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with. You. I mean, there's no way Kojima wins this match. Let's just start there. So Mox is my pick. Um, I've I've loved the stuff with Mox. Mox is such a great promo. Um, my so my nephew sent me a text uh, about a week ago and said, "What happened to Dean Ambrose?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" Um, and, and so then I start searching Twitter. Like, I had this panic moment of, like, you know, God forbid something happened to him. Like, you know. And I was like, well, what do you mean, bud? And he said, he's not in WWE anymore. And I'm like, oh, we've fallen behind, my friend. We've fallen behind. My, my brother is not there to bring you along. So I said, well, actually, he went to AEW, explained the whole thing. And I said, you should really check it out. It's it's pretty good. He's pretty good there. Um, so I think he was going to find a way to try to look, watch some of it. But uh, Mox has been so good in AEW, whether his world title run, whether his run here, you know, with the New Japan guys, with Eddie Kingston, the tag titles, or the tag title match, I guess they didn't win the titles, but um, I, there isn't much he's done that I haven't at least liked. Some I've liked more than others, you know, but, and hey, that's, right, that's life, but um, man, he's been so good in AEW, and so good at building. He's the guy, I, I compared him way back when he was working Dragon Gate USA against Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, I'm sorry, at that point, um, I compared Moxley to Roddy Piper. And I still think that's a fair comparison because he can talk you into the building. He can make you want to see what he's doing and other people for that matter. He make to me, he can make me want to pay my money to see what's going to happen because of his promos and the way that he sells things. Uh, so count me very, very high on Moxley. No way in heck he's losing to Kojima here at all out. Um, but I agree with you. Kojima's at a point where Kojima is who he is. Uh, there was a time back when he was, <laughs> let's go in the Wayback Machine, back when he was the MLW world champion way back in the day, where he was probably one of the best in the world. Uh, 
and I don't think he's he's not one of the best in the world anymore right now. Um, but he's not bad, and they're going to beat the tar out of each other, so it's going to be fun because uh, neither one of these guys have any problem landing in. So uh, looking forward to this one. Maybe even a little more than the Tanahashi match, to be honest. I don't tell our friend John, but Tanahashi is kind of just meh for me at this point in his career. I, not that I seek out Kojima matches, but for Moxley specific, I'm more interested actually in this match than I think I will be the Tanahashi match. Um, partially because I just like two guys beating the tar out of each other, and I think that's what we're going to get here. Um, so Mox is my my winner on that. So, so far, three matches in, we are three for three on the same picks. I think this next match might be one of the uh, more interesting just to see uh, what you think, Tom. But uh, I guess I get the first pick on it is Pac versus Andrade El Idolo in Andrade's first pay-per-view match for AEW. And is it only his second? Has he only had the one? I mean, he hadn't had very many matches. So you just no, you're correct. One. This is his second match. I mean... Goodness gracious. I don't know if Andrade's dealing with an injury that we're just not hearing about or what. His character work has been fine in AEW. His building his character with Chavo and them trying to talk the Lucha Bros into coming to work for them instead of working for Pac, which, of course, Pac always has made it very clear that they don't work for him. Andrade needs the win here. And... I don't think it hurts Pac to lose to Andrade. I think Pac is close to Teflon. Um, Pac should be higher up the card and should be involved. You know, when he got that world title shot at double or nothing in the triple threat, we were all like, where'd that come from? But he should be in that mix. Um, he should be thought of in that mix. Uh, they need to, I think they need to do a little booking rehab with Pac because I just don't think they've booked him very well. And unfortunately, he was gone for a long time during the pandemic. There's nothing we can do about that. Nothing he can do about it either. But Andrade needs this win. I, to me, the bigger question is, do the Lucha Bros get involved? And if so, do they turn on Pac? Do they join Andrade? I don't think you need all that. Um, if anything, I think Andrade bringing in a couple of more luchadors, if they can sign some folks um, that maybe he's connected with or something like that, or even going the uh, Ingonables road and and bringing in some folks, maybe even New Japan Ingonables in some way. Um and play off that if, if you want to give him more muscle behind him or a couple of people with him, that'd be fine. I like Chavo as a spokesperson because Andrade's English is okay, but not awesome as far as promos go. So Chavo's a great talker um, and is bilingual, and I, I think Chavo works in that role. Uh, but Andrade gets the win here. Like I said, storyline, I'm just curious to see how they get there. I agree. And so I was very clear and very uh, adamant that I was not a fan of Andrade's in-ring debut in AEW. I, Matt Seidel should have been the right opponent for him. It just didn't jive uh, for me when that happened. This should far exceed that. If it doesn't, um, then, then we have to really look at what's going on. Because the hype on Andrade was... Guy can literally be one of the best in the world if he's already not considered one of the best in the world in the ring. Oh, yeah. It's time to stand and deliver in that space. And I know that might be a little bit premature to say because literally he's had one match, but this is going to be that opportunity and there's going to be lots of eyes on AEW. From the start, I thought this was 
him working his way, him, Andrade, working his way through the Death Triangle guys. So I'd love to see Pac here, Penta next, and then Phoenix last, only because I have huge affinity for Ray Phoenix. And I would agree that none of them lose anything by losing to Andrade. It helps him, and it doesn't necessarily hurt them. Again, you have to use talent to get other talent over. That's the way that pro wrestling works, and AW generally is smart about that. It'll be. I just said that out loud, and then you're going to probably find it interesting that I said that when we get down the road when I make the pick for the Lucha Bros Young Bucks match. Um, I don't see a turn here. That's that's one thing I definitely will say. I don't see the Lucha Brothers turning on Pac. I think that triangle stays strong. Again, I don't want to advocate for one more set of titles in AEW, but if there was ever a great platform for a six-man, uh, it, it's here, and Death Triangle could be a great uh, banner team for that. Uh, I, I think there was maybe some rumblings, and maybe I made this up in my own mind, but um, you know, calling them the, the Brody Lee, like, six-man champions, um, that would be kind of cool. You know, that would be a great way to memorialize him, and as his, as the, you know, the, the, the year mark of his passing approaches us day by day, you know, having an annual trios tournament because they've been calling them trios matches in AEW um, with him, with him and being kind of like, whether it's, whether it's belts or whether it's a trophy or what have you um, shoot MJF has a stupid ring. Um, anyway, I digress. Or that he's won twice. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or maybe so, trios, maybe you get medals. Maybe, right, yeah. So Andrade gets the win here. I'm really eager to, to see this match. I do think it's going to be pretty awesome. These two did not ever cross paths in WWE. Is that correct? Am I Is my recall accurate on that, to your knowledge? Uh, I, bel- I, I can't think of that. I think Pac was gone by the time Andrade. Okay. Um, I, I would think so, too. And, again, kudos to our, our, our research team for being on the ball. Absolutely. I'm just uh, pulling it up right now, actually, on ProFight uh, database. And uh, let's see. Neville. Uh, that is true. He does not, Neville, neither Adrian Neville, Neville, nor Pac appears in Andrade Alito's opponents and partners list. So okay. they have not crossed cool. paths before. So first time match, which is pretty cool. And you think about what Andrade did with Rey Mysterio on SmackDown uh, a number of times in the last year. And so, uh, well, Pac is not the same guy as Mysterio, obviously, because he's obviously a lot more muscular, but he flies a lot like Mysterio. I This could be really, really good. Well, Tom, what is your, uh, your thought on the TNT title match? Miro uh, defends... Uh, I don't know what number defense this is, but uh, he's had a few defenses anyways. Miro defends against Eddie Kingston, who he called out. Yeah, I, I think this is a great match. The, the The build has been fine. I'm still not clicking with Miro's character. Um, I don't want to call him like God's greatest son or whatever. I, I'm sure I'm, I'm not. Uh, God's favorite champion, I think maybe. Or something along those lines, yeah. So... Um, it's an interesting character. Um, I think it's walking a perhaps fine line um, of, of, of infusing, you know, religious connotation into it. Um, Miro is one of those other guys. I think you could say that by a, num- a number of people on this show. You could say it about Pac. You could say it about Andrade. You can say it about Miro. That they're 
their their potential is not even close to being touched yet. So there's huge room for all of these talents. Uh, so it's spotlights like this that they really have to step up and shine in. But again, that's also a, a, a manufactured outcome of so many talented guys and gals in AEW and only so much TV time. Um, I love Eddie Kingston. I, I, you know, I hate that he has to be the foil here, but it does make sense that he does become, um, you know, one of the defenses on Miro's road uh, to whatever his title reign ends up being in the end. Miro is my pick. As I kind of foreshadowed when I talked about Moxley, I could see Moxley being a, an eventual challenger here, especially because Kingston, you know, let's say Kingston doesn't quit and uh, he, you know, Miro hurts him, you know, storyline wise uh, because of the, the clutch. Um, that that could be an, easily the next feud. Again, the, the the question is like, who in AEW are the guys that really are untouchable? We've pretty much seen that with MJF, and we'll find out at this show whether that's remains true or not. Um, but I feel like Moxley is one of those guys, and I think Miro is so far. But what comes next? So lots of, lots of chatter around that. But bottom line is, should be fun. Should be should be a hard hitting match. Mirror retains. Yeah, I mean, again, these guys are just, I kind of feel like I said this with Mox and Kojima, they're going to beat the tar out of each other. And I'm going to love watching it. Um, I really enjoyed, again, I apologize that it's really hard for me to differentiate between Rampage and Dynamite sometimes now. Um, partially because there are some, we, last week I watched them back to back because I hadn't finished Dynamite. So I finished Dynamite and watched Rampage. Um but Miro came out and beat up Fuego. It was on Rampage. This is on Rampage, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, brought Fuego Del Sol to the ring with him, beat him up, ripped his mask off. And I loved that Kingston came out. He had a mic. Kind of was giving Miro a look like, what is your issue? Brought the mic up to his lips and then went, yeah, and threw the mic and just went down to fight. I guess that was, that was an Eddie Kingston move. It was great. Um, you know, and they beat the heck out of each other for a little bit. And, and now they're going to get a chance to do it for reals. Um, yeah, Kingston's not the guy that you're going to beat Miro with. I've enjoyed the Miro character, so it's interesting to hear that it's not clicking for you as much, Tom. Um, I've liked the, you know, I okay, the God's favorite champion thing, you know, and he's the chosen whatever. You know, I can take or leave that part of it. Um, but just the fact that they've gotten him back to being the killer. Um, you know, when they first brought him in and he was kind of doing the goofy video game stuff with Kip Sabian and best friends and the best man and I wasn't loving how they were using him I think they've got him in the right vein right now and this is what Rusev was when he was so dominant up until he ran into John Cena at Wrestlemania and then they realized he was also kind of funny so then they you know turned him into a comedy character basically um, this guy can be just a monster running through people and then when you have a guy like that when somebody finally beats him it means something we've talked about that a hundred times um, Miro's a guy now, I think, with the TNT title, who when somebody beats him for that TNT title, it's going to mean something. Um, even if it's a fluke roll-up or something like that, like it's still going to mean something because you beat this unstoppable monster. Kingston's not that guy. Um, I love Eddie Kingston. Can't wait when Jazzwares gets his first figure out. I'm going to run out and buy it. Um, might even pre-order that one. We'll see. Just to make sure I get it. Uh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Tom, I did get my Cody LJN style. Looks awesome. Um also picked up a Kamu Mustafa, but that's a different uh, thing. Um, mainly because those collector's editions seem to go for a little bit of money after a while. So I grabbed that as nothing else than investment. But uh, 
yeah, so big, big fan of Kingston, big fan of Miro, like what he's doing, going to enjoy this. No way in heck. This is, this is probably a 10 or a 9 when we talk confidence points for me. Miro's winning this one. Well, let's move on to the women's title match. Uh, again, you, I think we both kind of said it, like we could have seen Thunder Rosa in this segment, uh, but instead it's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. Uh, they've done a nice little job building this up, making making an issue uh, for the two of them. Uh, you know, and, and Britt has also brought in Jamie Hayter as some muscle behind her, uh, which isn't isn't bad either because Rebel was never used as muscle behind Baker, and unfortunately Rebel has gotten hurt a few times too. Um, I like that they've kept Rebel as a part of the entourage, though. My guess is at some point she's going to get turned on and beat up um, to try to make Baker a bigger heel, but that's. That's another story they can tell down the road. Um, Stantlander is somebody who I've been high on since before she came into AEW. I had seen her in some Beyond stuff. Um, I had seen her in some AAW things uh, before as well. Just kind of bits and pieces over here and there. And then when she came into AEW, I was pretty high on her. Then unfortunately she got hurt right when she kind of started to get her sea legs, I felt like. Um, So I like that she's gotten back into this spot. you know, I guess this is also your way to get Orange Cassidy and the best friends on the show. Um, Orange Cassidy is going to have some sort of interaction, I would assume, with Hater and or Rebel at some point on the outside. Um, that'll be fine. It'll be for what it is. It's the comedy stuff, right? It's the haha. Um, that being said, Baker, it's funny. In a company with now CM Punk, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, all these guys, Brian Danielson, lots of rumors about him coming in in the very near future. Maybe we even see him on Sunday. Um, Maybe even Adam Cole. And this would be a spot. Adam Cole could show up on Sunday, certainly, if they want to pair him with Britt. I, I don't know if it would be, you know, does Adam Cole come down and super kick Orange Cassidy? Okay, that'd be that'd be a way you could do it. But Baker, to me, is even with all of those people that I've just mentioned who are in the company or rumored to maybe come in, might come in, who knows, um, she's up there as far as most over, even though she's a heel. Um, That crowd from AEW, it's not just Britsburg that they love her. They love her everywhere. And it's going to be hard to keep her a heel. they got to keep finding ways to keep her a heel if they want her there. Um, I think she's going to end up having to go babyface, but do it. And I think I've said this before on the show. If you're going to ever turn her baby face, don't change her character. Just just play into the fact, let her let her wrestle heels, basically, um, because this is what got her over. It's kind of the Stone Cold thing. They didn't change Stone Cold's character all that much, and when they tried to, it didn't work. Same thing with Britt. Let her keep being Britt. Maybe she doesn't do quite as many dastardly things, or at least she's doing it to people who deserve it, if she does. Um, but Baker's over. There's no way I take the title off her anytime soon, frankly. Um and I like Chris Statlander. I hope that Chris Statlander eventually does win the AEW women's title down the road. Uh, but this is not her time. Uh, Britt Baker, you keep that belt on her for quite a while as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, hard hard pressed to disagree with anything you said there, Jim. Britt is amazing. I have incredibly enjoyed everything that she's done. Uh, it's been awesome this year uh, to watch uh, her get even more over, which... Again, as you consider that a lot of the shows were in 
sparsely attended crowds due to the pandemic and now that they're back on the road it's just that true organic response that she's getting is is ever present so my pick is Britt baker as well um i don't know what i could tell you that i could forecast the next year of the AEW women's championship i can't say that Britt will hold it for a year but i do agree thunder rosa chris statlander ruby soho perhaps and even others that we aren't even mentioning are going to be players in that scene so it's going to be fun to watch play out Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, and kudos to AEW, and I know Omega has had a lot to do with the women's division, at least early on. I assume he still does. It's totally an assumption, though. Um, And whoever else is involved with that women's division, because the women's division, they wanted to have the best women's division on the planet when they started, and and they didn't. Um, The early women's stuff was was rough at some points, Uh, including Britt Baker, frankly. Baker, when she first started in AEW, I don't know if it was nerves, I don't know if it was just progression along the way but in especially in ring i i wasn't loving Britt baker early on coming back from her injury and even before her injury she had gotten really really good coming back she has been white hot both in ring and uh, as a character i mean like i said one of the more over characters in the company um, so loving what we're seeing from Britt baker um, maybe maybe it's adam baker instead of adam cole Maybe they do the Mike Kanellis thing, and, and he takes no, – um, it's probably a bad idea, actually. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick on a match that, again, I think, you know, if I had to peg a couple where I thought there was a chance we could differ, uh, Pac Andrade could have been it, although I kind of figured you would go the same way I was on that one. But this one I'm interested in because I'm a little torn on this one, actually. Uh, Jericho, Chris Jericho's AEW career on the line, him – Versus MJF, the final battle between the two, not to steal a line from Ring of Honor. Uh, but uh, what say you as the first pick on Jericho MJF? Yeah, so this is where I think these three of these final four, to me, are where things are going are to get interesting. Uh, we're six for six so far. Uh, but yeah, this is where the tide might turn. I and, and I don't know. You know, I go back with the five labors of Jericho and... And, you know, we had this on Dynamite a few weeks ago, and then it leads to this. I don't have a problem with it, you know, from a broad perspective. It just makes me kind of wonder, you know, the fifth labor could have been MJF because he was annoyed with Jericho saying, hey, your fifth labor is me and your career is on the line. Instead of like, you can't come out to your song and you can't use your finisher which was weak sauce. I mean, when you think about all of the things that led up to it, you know, we were, you know, the first three labors were pretty like, wow, you know, jaw droppers are like your eyes popped. And then it was Wardlow. Then it was MJF. Okay. You know, again, you have to use who you have and like, you can't, it's hard to raise the bar every week. And we talked about that here many times that we would have probably done something different in terms of the layout or the organization of how the labors fell out. And MJF was one of those talents I talked about in terms of incredibly protected. His one loss, his one um, like true defeat in this promotion is a title loss to John Moxley. Outside of that, he does not lose. And you could argue, does he need to lose to Jericho here? I'd say no. But I don't know that that's the way they are going to go. Um, 
I'll also say this, going back to blood and guts, it didn't seem like the pinnacle and inner circle issue was done, but it certainly hasn't continued on in the same way. Now, I know that, you know, uh, Cash Wheeler getting hurt, and again, please, AW, don't show that clip anymore. We know that the hook went into his arm, and we don't need any more still shots. At least I don't, because you want me to stay on my feet for your shows, not passed out on my couch. Um, so this is a tough one. You know, Jericho has been incredibly important and meaningful to AEW. I don't think that his career is over, but this is his career is on the line in this promotion. And AEW has done a great job about being very steadfast in honoring their, uh, their steps. So that so that makes me go, does Jericho win and is it a fluke? Like, does he not pin MJF? And then MJF can hold that over Jericho's head. And that might be the way the story continues to unfold. And maybe when MJF does eventually get pinned by Jericho, it is in the blow-off to Pinnacle and Inner Circle. I don't think Jericho's time's over, so that's why my pick is Jericho, but I'm really not confident in that pick. Um only because I think that the MJF has been protected and built so strong on the flip side in the, in the kind of the business end of the world, AEW could go, yo, MJF, you know, here's the time where you do the honors. And again, MJF will not lose anything by losing to Jericho here at all. I think that AEW would lose more by Jericho not being an active competitor, even though I know he's touring more and Fozzie's on the road. I got a, I got a hit on my Facebook yesterday that they're going to be, here in my town on a Friday in about three weeks. Uh, so, you know, I know that that touring schedule is picking up. That doesn't mean Jericho can't be available for most, if not all, AEW events. So I said a lot, and I and I, I, I feel bad because I don't want to sway you unless you want to pick the same way. But I also want you to be able to talk about the match, too, and your honest thoughts. So sorry for hogging all of that. No, no, you're fine. Um a lot of what you said is what I'm feeling too. Uh, they have project protected MJF really, really well. They do to your, to your point. Um, I, you know, you think of the Cody Rhodes stip that he can't challenge for the world title. They have 100% stuck to that. They haven't even teased trying to get around it. Um, now maybe they will down the road. Who knows? Look, it's pro wrestling. There's always ways to get out of a stipulation too, if you have to, but, Part of me thinks they put this stipulation out there as a red herring because everybody's going to think, oh, MJF's going to win because Jericho's going on tour. He's going to be, we all know he's going to be part and is part of the Rampage commentary team, which I don't mind him being part of it. Four people in a booth's a little too much. Just my opinion on Rampage. You could cut it down to at least three. I still think two is right for commentary, but four is a lot of people trying to get things in. Um, and I think you lose folks pretty quickly in that. So that either being here nor there. But I think I think it's a red herring because I think everybody's supposed to think MJF's going to win. But Pro Wrestling Storytelling 101, Jericho made it all the way through the four labors. MJF beat him, but he beat him partially because he'd just gone through those four labors, which were supposed to be, you know, horrible and, and hard and all of that. Um how you don't have Nick Gage as the one right before MJF, I, I'm a little bit baffled. But um, timing-wise, maybe it just didn't work either. And and 
so I get it. So I'm I'm going Jericho as well here, um, and not just to protect my lead or you know not have a difference, but I, I just I'm with you. I don't think Jericho's AEW in ring career is over, and I and AEW's done a nice job with Stips so far. So I don't want to believe this is going to be the time where they do something and then reverse it, you know, two months down the road. I think Jericho could win and still get put out so that he's now going on his tour and we won't see him for a little bit. So MJF could attack him after the bell. Somebody could debut and attack him. Somebody could return and attack him. The inner circle as a whole could have, not the inner circle, I'm sorry, the pinnacle. I suppose the inner circle could too, but that would be weird. Um, <laughs> the pinnacle as a whole could attack him, um, which we haven't seen, like you said, we haven't seen those um, factions act as factions as much anymore lately, um, which has been just interesting to watch play out um, and not really know what is going on with that. I don't understand why the pinnacle hasn't. The inner circle, okay, I get a little bit, and maybe because FTR's been out on the pinnacle side, but I, I like MJF. I really like MJF with backup in, a, in his group. I liked that idea. kind of had that Rick Rick Flair Four Horsemen vibe. Um, which I know is what they were going for, obviously. So I'd like to see that kind of reform um, and become more of a focus moving forward. So maybe that plays in. Maybe Hoovy, Nick Gage, and Sean Spears and Wardlow all get involved in this match. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Um, I just... I can tell you right now, out of the 10 matches, when we do the rankings in FWL, uh, in our Fantasy Wrestling League, sorry, just throwing acronyms around, um, this will be my one, which is my lowest confidence, because everything else I feel a little bit better. Even if I'm a little waffly, this is the one that I'm like, boy, this could go either way. So there it is, Jericho. You and I both have the same picks through the first seven, seven matches. We still have the same picks. Um, all right. So we're going to go to the World Tag Team title steel cage match. The Young Bucks defend versus the Lucha Bros. And I'm just going to edit for those who are watching on the YouTube feed. Uh, bad punctuation there. So we'll fix that um, and get that back up there. But the Young Bucks defend versus the Lucha Bros. So here's my thing. The Jurassic Express had a tag title match that got ruined by interference because the Young Bucks have 47,000 people at ringside with them. So Tony Khan says, that's it. We're going to do a four-team eliminator tournament, and the winners get a tag title shot. And this time, it's going to be in a steel cage match so that everybody else can't get involved. Cool. Works for me. So Jurassic Express should win that tournament and get their title shot with nobody interfering. Why do we have the Lucha Brothers here? <laughs> the Lucha Brothers can be involved in the Pac Andrade thing. That's their storyline going on. The Lucha Brothers have no reason to need to be in a steel cage match with the Young Bucks. Jurassic Express did. That was the story. I don't get why they zigged when zagging was the right move all along here. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. We've seen the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, I don't know, 100 times, feels like. And they're always good. And this will be really good. And Ray Phoenix will jump off the top of the cage and do six, six or seven flips on his way down before kicking somebody in the face. I mean, it's going to be great. There's going to be some great spots. But it's not the story. I just don't get it. I don't get this booking. Even though, yes, like I said, standalone match, forget story, going to be a lot of fun. Um, will it, If I can turn my brain off from the story piece and not be annoyed by that, 
I'll enjoy this match. I have no doubt. But I'm annoyed <laughs> because there was a really good story to tell and Jurassic Express winning the tag titles in a steel cage match where the other people can't interfere in front of the crowd in Chicago, which is, as I've said here, one of the best crowds, I think, in all of wrestling right now. The pop would be insane. And they've thrown it all away for whatever reason. I have no idea. There has I'm, I'm trying to give AEW credit and say there has to be a reason. Much like, you know, we've heard that there was a reason they didn't, obviously, Adam Page, his wife gave birth to a child. So that's what part of why they weren't doing Page and, and Omega at this show. Although, again, you didn't have to tell the story you told. We've been over that. Don't need to rehash. But here again, now you told a story. And again, you're not giving us what makes sense to give us at the end of the story. Can, um, so I, did, can I give you an opinion of, of what I thought we might get 100%. before you make your pick? Um, just because just I think it adds to what you're what you're saying. Before I watched Rampage, and I did not watch Rampage live, and I was not um, spoiled by anything, I truly believed that the Young Bucks were going to interfere in the match on Friday, and then this was going to become a three-way cage match. And the Bucks would have thought, hey, hey, we got one up on you, no contest, or it's a, whatever. But then they would be the ones going, oh, crap, now we have both of the teams coming for us. And, and that gets... Lucha Express, Lucha, Lucha Express. <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. it gets Jurassic Express in the match, and then also the Lucha Bros. But it also gets them on this card. So I, I'm not, I, I, I hear you, and I understand your 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 plight against them not being here because that's what the story was. I'm okay with the Lucha Bros, but I but I do understand your point of view. So and I thought I thought three way could have been fun. And if that would have been the way they gone, I actually, that wouldn't have bothered me. I could have dealt with that because it would have felt like, well, okay, they wanted to get the Lucha Brothers in a match on the show too. I, I could have worked. And maybe they still will. We don't, we have Dynamite and Rampage to go. Uh, one of those shows, I believe Dynamite has an eight person, eight man tag with Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks and Good Brothers. I think it is. Um, I, feel like make, I feel like it's other members of the elite that aren't the Good Brothers, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe it's Nakazawa and Cutler. I don't know. Um, good Lord, let's hope not. Um, but anyways, um, there's, there's, there is an eight-man tag. So perhaps something happens there and and, and things change. Um, and that would be fine. I just, yeah. So if Jurassic Express gets added, no matter what we pick here, are we going to throw this out? Yeah, I think okay. we have to. Okay, okay. Um, because that, that would almost assuredly change my pick, to be honest. If Jurassic Express gets added, I probably would pick Jurassic Express. Um, I can't pick them here because they're not currently listed. Um, I'm going to go Bucks because I think Jurassic Express is the the right team to take the titles off of the Bucks. I just don't think the Lucha Brothers kind of came out of nowhere again. And I love that they're using them as a team again because I love them as a team. But I just feel like they hadn't been used for so long that all of a sudden switching the tag titles to them feels strange. Although if you would have told me that we'd be this long into AEW and the Lucha Brothers had not been the tag champs, I might have told you you were crazy. Yeah, that last part's the the most surprising thing I think. And you know, I think you can make an argument here that the Lucha Brothers could unseat the Bucks. I don't. Oh, that, I wouldn't be shocked. I, yeah, I, I I don't think though that makes the most sense. Uh, and and that goes back to again, I think a narrative we like to use a lot when we talk about title switches and title transfers, which is one and the same. <laughs> um, and that's that, as it is the brothers, by the way, tonight. Okay. The the title, the title as it moves to the next person or or team really needs to like 
increase and validate them further. It does that here if this were Jurassic Express. It doesn't for the Lucha Brothers. They, they were really already made. So um, I think the, the big thing here to, to maybe think about, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't, there's history at All Out between these teams. So go back two years ago, and it was the AAA titles, and it was a ladder match, and the Lucha Bros won. So to me, this is the Young Bucks getting the favor returned to them by retaining the titles here. Um, and, and and again, I think that regardless of the steel cage, something is going to happen. What that is, excuse me, I don't know. But yeah, um, if this match plays out as, as is and does not change between now and Friday, uh, at the end of the day for Rampage, the Bucks are my pick as well. Yeah, I... I like what you're thinking there, Tom. Um, and totally agree on on where those belts go next, should go next. So uh, you get the first pick in what we're calling the semi-main. We'll see how it all gets laid out in match order on uh, Sunday, but I'd be a little surprised if this wasn't the semi-main. CM Punk, for the first time in seven years, steps back in the ring in an actual wrestling match. Obviously, we know he's worked some uh, some TV show uh, wrestling for the heels show on stars, which I don't have stars. Uh, and, and I would like to see it at some point might, might even grab myself a month of stars sometime if I've got a little extra time to, to run through it. But, um, first in ring for a major promotion match in seven years, CM Punk, Darby Allen, go to it, Tom. Well, I'm going to first and foremost say, I see this match being in the main event final slot in the show. I know that the AW world title is important uh, and they've done a really good job in building that match. We'll talk about that as we make that pick momentarily. I'm sorry. However, though, in Chicago, first time in seven years in a major professional, professional wrestling uh, venue match organization ring, you name it. It, I think AEW would be setting themselves up for a, a problem by not closing the show with this. I also think it helps bring Darby Allen up a, a notch in that spot as well. I think Darby's already escalating in that in that direction. This is gonna this is gonna bring him even further into that mix. This is a tough match because I think you can argue you the collective you could argue each guy deserves to win. Each guy should win. CM Punk should win because He's a major star. He's a Hall of Famer. He's come to AEW, and he's in his hometown, and this is just all of the superlatives that you can wrap around this match, they apply. Flip that over, Darby Allen is part of the future. How many pillars hold up AEW in the future? Four, six, eight, 12, whatever that number is. Darby's one of those, in my opinion. He needs to stay healthy. That being said, over the last five years and all the crazy things he's done, it doesn't appear to be that he's not well physically, but it just takes that one bad um, move to put him there. I hope that we don't ever have that become a reality. I, I can't wait for this. I literally think this is going to blow the roof off the venue and even, I don't, the other question, too, is, again, we talked about this before. 
what type of rust exists for CM Punk. And does that even matter? Is that going to even matter here? Are they going to be able to do a bunch of like Gaga around the match and it not even have to matter because the crowd's going to be so on fire? The one thing that I would say, like, so juxtapose this with the Becky Lynch return a few weeks ago at SummerSlam. We all wanted Bianca and Becky Lynch to have a barn burner. We know that they could. Maybe they couldn't that night because of a number of circumstances. Can we apply that same question here for this match? And not on the end of Darby, but more on the end of CM Punk. I don't like this pick, but I do think it makes sense long-term. CM Punk wins. I don't think this is the only time he and Darby Allen square off in the ring. I do think that uh, I think CM Punk is a guy where you don't his first loss in AEW has to really be impactful. Maybe it's here on Sunday. I don't know because I think that still would have that impact. But I don't know that you do that right out of the gate here. Uh, I laughed when I when this for those of you watching us on our YouTube feed when this when the banner that you put up popped on the screen in my mind I I I, I smiled and said um it's almost as if we were doing like a what's your dream match podcast and here you have CM Punk versus Darby Allen on the screen but that's our reality so we're getting this on Sunday uh and I'm just I'm over the moon I I I have been I've been on a proverbial high because of the return of CM Punk to pro wrestling and AEW and the energy around it uh so much so too that I've always been a huge fan of Darby Allen so now it's like all of these great synergistic things colliding at the same time. I think it's going to be magic on Sunday. Yeah, I I agree with you about how it, like CM Punk versus Darby Allen just looks funny on the screen, doesn't it? Like I agree with you. It kind of like oh okay, we're doing fantasy booking one hundred and one um, because this would be something like they picked the perfect opponent. I think we'll see Sunday for him for his first match because I think Darby A is over enough so it doesn't feel just like like CM Punk versus nothing against the guy but you know QT Marshall for instance uh where you'd be like wow that's you get a first match in 7 years and that's what you're going to do they also didn't go CM Punk versus Kenny Omega and blow through things that they got they got time like if Punk's really sticking around for a couple of years and it sounds like he's he's got a multi-year deal and and he's all, all in no no pun intended um, like you got time to get to Punk and Omega. You got time to get to Punk and somebody in the Bucks. I don't know. Somehow you got to get there. Punk and MJF. My goodness, that promo battle would be phenomenal, and we'll get there someday. Punk Miro, Punk Jericho, Punk. I mean, there's just there's a million things you can do that will be really really fun to watch. Can I ask you one question? Just I wanted to know your because I because this came up as they're running the promo. It was for this, but then when like there's a lot of the bumpers. They're okay. Like, hey, CM Punk's in AEW. Wait for his next, you know, words tonight or Friday, or whatever. In his first promo, and we never really touched on this. He goes, "I've got scores to settle with some people in the back." I I haven't given that enough thought. And I don't have a good response now. But who do you do you have any who you think he might be referring to? Jericho came to mind. They, of course, had the WrestleMania match. Um, you know, I don't know. Pure, pure, pure speculation. Could he and Colt Cabana bury the hatchet? 
I think a Punk Cabana match on AEW, whether it's on Dynamite Rampage or even a pay-per-view, but probably more Dynamite or Rampage, for us longtime fans would be really fun. Um, it doesn't need to be a main event of a pay-per-view for the world title, anything like that. But for those of us that know them, or, okay, super stupid dream match here. Punk needs a partner because the Young Bucks are beating him down or the Good Brothers are beating him down. And we get the Second City Saints return, which for a lot of AEW fans, I think they'd know that. I think they'd know who the, those two were together. Um, so could there have been a veiled thing at Cabana there? Only if they buried the hatchet. Everything I had heard before was that they were not on speaking terms. There was There's a lawsuit. You know, it's, it's, it's ugly. It's personal. All of that. We don't want to go into that probably. But if they've been able in any way to bury the hatchet, I... I look forward to interaction with them. If they haven't been able to, I don't think we ever see them on the same screen. Um, I do think it's worth noting, and you may be aware of this, you may not. I think that Cabana was not at Rampage when Punk debuted. I think he was at the Gathering of the Juggalos, which is very interesting. Again, I know timing being what it is. Um, that's a booking Cabana chose to take. And AEW could have said no, or they knew Punk was coming in. They're like, yeah, you guys aren't on the same page. Go ahead and take that booking. Right. Right. I, I've heard nothing that, that says that they've buried the hatch in any way. Uh, you know, even if they never appear on screen together, I just hope as people they can bury the hatchet and and work through their whatever their issues are and whatever promises were made or weren't made. And that's all between, you know, Colt Cabana and CM Punk and as real people, not even their not their characters. Um, but Jericho is the first one. Cabana popped to mind, but I don't. I don't think he was meaning Cabana because because that's a real life thing, and unless they were going storyline, Jericho was the first to pop to my head though. Um, I agree with you. This could go either way, but I also agree with you. <laughs> I don't think AEW is dumb enough to beat Punk in Chicago on his first night out. Um, I just don't think you can do that. Uh, Punk's my pick here. I think you can still get Darby Allen over like. I don't think you're burying, you know, some people, oh, they bring in Punk and put him over Allen. It buries Allen. Uh, depends on how it's done. I think you can still have a match here. I agree with you. You know, we wanted the Becky and Bianca barn burner. I think we get the barn burner here. Um, uh, Punk didn't come back to work a 28-second match. Um, I, that's my belief. We, I could be proven wrong. I think Punk wants to show that he can go. Punk's a prideful guy. Let's let's just call it what it is, right? Punk is Punk's biggest fan, um, and that's okay. You to get to the level that CM Punk and most of the people on this card, all of the people on this card, have gotten to. You got to have a little ego. That's just you. You got it. That's how it works. I don't think this is CM Punk coming in and going. Well, of course you have to put me over because I'm the big star. I don't think that at all. But I just think booking wise, you got to keep CM Punk strong for now. I actually think a loss hurts Punk more than hurts Allen, which is kind of crazy to say. Um, not that I think it really hurts either one of them, but I just, you have some detractors probably out there who are going to think, well, Punk's got to prove that he can still go. And if he loses, do those boo birds get louder? And oh, well, he, he doesn't have it anymore. Unless you're going to tell a story where Punk has to like refine his passion, but you haven't told me anything in the story so far that's made me think you're going that direction. Um, if anything, his passion looks super rejuvenated. So, Easily the match I'm most looking forward to on this card. I mean, it's this, and then there's a large gap between the next that this and the next match for me. 
even though I'm looking forward to a lot of things on this card. So stacked card, maybe their best pay-per-view card ever. I'd really have to look back through their old cards. But this thing's stacked. And I wouldn't be shocked if this match goes on last, to your point, Tom. Um, because how do you follow CM Punk in Chicago? Like, I mean, they did it on Rampage, but they also didn't try to do it like a world title match or anything. They did it with other other things. Um so I suppose you could start the night with this match too, but I don't. I think you build to the anticipation for Punk's match. I don't think you kick the match off, the night off with this. Um, and they, they haven't. AEW has done a nice job of not not doing the Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre to start the mat, night thing. AEW builds throughout the night to their bigger matches for the most part. So this is definitely late in the card. Wouldn't be shocked if it goes on last. Or the other option for going on last is our world title match. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. And uh, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that we're going to be 10 for 10 on picks here because I don't think you're going to go the other direction. Uh, so Christian Cage is not my pick. Um, Kenny Omega is going to win this match. Um, when uh, Omega, again, we've talked about this with Roman Reigns, with Bobby Lashley, with Miro. When you beat Kenny Omega at this point, it's going to mean something. Christian Cage beat Kenny Omega, and it meant something for the Impact title. Christian Cage beating Omega here would mean something, but Christian Cage doesn't need that. Adam Page is still the guy who needs to beat Omega for this title. I don't care if you bring in Punk, Brian Danielson, Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole, all of those guys. Great, wonderful. Malachi Black, who you and I talked about before we hit record. Malachi Black doesn't have a match on this heart. And looking up and down the card right now, unless he comes out in some vein that I'm not expecting, I don't think we see him on Sunday. Crazy that we have a 10-match pay-per-view. No Malachi Black, no Cody, no Jurassic Express, no Orange Cassidy, although probably gets involved with a women's match somewhere. Um, their roster is so deep right now, and they're adding to it guys like potentially Brian Danielson and potentially Bray Wyatt and potentially Adam Cole. Holy smokes. Like, and that's not even a talk. It sounds like Buddy Matthews might be going to impact formerly Buddy Murphy, but he's still out there and could end up in AEW and would be crazy good in the ring with a lot of these guys. Um, I don't know what that has to do with Omega and Cage, but I just thought it needed to be said. Uh, well, well, let's, let's park there for a minute, though, before you make your pick and, and, and my pick, too. I think actually you've made your pick indirectly. Uh, if you're AEW, do you have. And, and let's just say it's Colin and, and Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson right now. Do you have both of them debut on Sunday? Or do you hold that off? Like, how much is too much is the question I think I'm asking. I would debut one of them Sunday. I would have one of them. And I don't know where. Because like I said, unless Cole comes out and super kicks Orange Cassidy, which could make some sense if you're gonna if you're going to pair him with Britt Baker, you know, there's nothing here where there's a mystery partner. There's nothing here where there's a mystery opponent. There's nothing, you know, so there aren't, there isn't anything that just screams at me like, oh, there it is. Could you have Adam Cole interfere in the Jericho MJF match? Sure. But are you going to team Adam Cole with MJF? I don't know that you need to do that. Um, I guess if I debuted either, I'm here. Here's what I would do. And this might go against a little bit of the booking that I think they're going to do with Punk. But you have Punk beat Allen, and then he takes the mic, and he says, you know, once again, I'm CM Punk, and I'm the best in the world, 
and hopefully final countdown. Although I've read that Europe wanted like a million dollars a use for the song rights per use, per use on pay per view, uh, which is why WWE couldn't use it. Um, now maybe their prices come down. Maybe Tony Khan knows the lead singer of Europe, or I don't know who knows something. Um, that would be awesome. Or honestly, Rise of the Valkyrie that um, Daniel Bryan used in WWE is I'm pretty sure public domain. So you could actually use a, at least a really close version of his WWE theme um, as well. Final countdown, obviously. Look, I'm I'm a Ring of Honor boy since day one. So if that hits, you know, I'm be jumping around my living room and, and fanboying out. But um, so that would make some sense to me. If Punk says I'm best in the world, and then all of a sudden, boom, the music hits and Brian walks out and they just stare at each other. And that's and then Brian walks back into the the back. You know, they don't they don't fight. They don't even talk. Maybe. They just have a stare down. And you're like, oh my god, I have to watch Dynamite and see what happens. That could work. Would be a really cool ending to All Out if they end with the Punk Allen match. That'd be cool. But I would debut one of them. Um, the other one, if they're both coming in, and if they're both coming in really, really soon, I would hold the other one off probably until the 22nd when they're at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah, it makes a lot of but sense you- to me. I hadn't, I hadn't thought a lot about it, and I think that AW has done really well with some of the guys that have come in lately. Malachi Black's debut, of course, the Punk return again. We retrospectively we can look back and go, everyone knew it was coming, and they still knocked out of the park. Uh, you know, and again, if there are the Coles, the Danielsons, the Bray Wyatts, or whatever they call him, in the pipeline, but. Yeah, but if they're in the pipeline, you have to be strategic about how and when and where. Totally agreed. And I agree. I think if you bring them both in and you bring in Ruby Soho to, on Sunday, at some point you lose people in the shuffle. And that may happen a little anyways, but yeah, I agree. Soho's debut, I think, as the jo- if the, if she's the Joker, would be a nice way to debut her. I don't you think that's a rampager or dynamite ending segment for Ruby to come in. I think she's a nice addition to the women's division. Look forward to seeing her in the ring, but I don't think that's a Brian Danielson or Adam Cole. The other thing that I'll just mention, and it may be nothing. It may be something. If AEW continues to like always over deliver, there will be a time that comes where they can't over deliver anymore. And over deliver could be a lot of ways. It could be match quality. It can be debuts. It can be Holy crap moments. Again, if you if you do that here, then you're building a, kind of an expectation amongst the fan base, and there's going to finally be a time and a day where I, I'm guessing that that doesn't happen anymore. So just being, and I'm sure I'm sure that's on their radar. There, there's Tony Khan is this incredibly astute businessman, and clearly, you know, for all of the naysayers early on, um, they're eating crow. Yeah, and I will say for, like, Dynamite last week, it was okay. It was fine. It wasn't what I would have followed Punk up with. Like, I probably, you know you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on that show on Dynamite, so I probably would have loaded it up a little bit more. Um, I don't know that Malachi Black, Brock Anderson as a main event is what I would have done. You could have the match. You'd have it on the show. That's fine. But I don't know that that's what I would have. I probably would have had some hot, you know, main event, but... But they're going to have shows like that. And and the funny part is, it was fine. And if it didn't happen to follow the CM Punk debut, I might have even enjoyed it more. But they've set the bar so high. Like, to your point, that, yeah, it's tough sometimes. 
Um, I think back to those taped Friday night uh, dynamites. I think they were taped. Some of them are live, but uh, those Friday night dynamites when they were preempted for the NBA playoffs, they were okay. They were placeholders more than anything. Not there weren't huge storyline shifts happening. Where now it feels like every week you got to tune in. Even a rampage. They've done a nice job so far. We'll see if they continue it with a rampage not feeling like just the B show. Um, they've made Rampage important. There have been important things happening on Rampage. Um, CM Punk debuted on Rampage, for goodness sakes. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting. I agree with you. When does it become too much of a good thing? Or they just can't simply can't sustain um, what they've been offering. And, and I think we're in a weird time right now where there just happen to be a lot of potential debuts, return, not really returns for AEW, returns to pro wrestling, um, that isn't sustainable moving forward, um, unless WWE just keeps cutting 20 people every month, and then I guess you'll get a new crop of folks, and you might get one or two out of each month, but um, at some point, you got to think those back off a little bit, too, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, I think it's good for them that Bray Wyatt isn't available until the week before full gear, because at least you don't have to try to cram him in this month, too. <laughs> you got a little time. You can wait, assuming you're bringing him in. Well, let's talk about that main event a little bit more, Tom. Um, I think they've done a nice job. I give them credit. Uh, we have a friend who is connected with AEW who said, by the time this match hits, I think fans will be happy with it. When when there was squawking from me and others um, that why why tell the story you told with Adam Page if you're not going to pay it off the way that it makes sense to pay it off? I still hold that view. That doesn't change that. But I'm much more okay with the Cage-Omega match. I still think it was wrong to do what, you know, I don't agree with how they did it, how they got there. But having Cage beat Omega for the Impact title, I think, was great because it tells the story that Cage can beat Omega. Um, Cage darn near got him again on Friday night, but then, you know, they sacrificed Brandon Cutler, who, which, who didn't see that coming. I mean, the point of Brandon Cutler in a match is for Brandon Cutler to take the loss and, you know, um, keep that off of Kenny Omega. But there's there's... There's no planet I see Christian Cage winning the AEW world title, at least at this time, maybe down the road. But I, I don't need Cage as the AEW world champion ever, to be perfectly honest. And I think Cage has been fine in the ring. Um, and I think this will be a good match. I think they'll tell a good story. They both are very capable workers. But Omega and, and super high confidence on that, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting that we're still getting this and it was such a big part of the debut rampage episode which is actually really exceeded my personal expectations maybe it didn't exceed other expectations because maybe people thought you know hey it's flipping kenny omega and you know christian cage is not a spring chicken but he's also not proven to not be able to go and his tron entrance for lack of a better term i don't think it's called the aw tron but outwork everyone well that's what he wants to live by so um yeah, there's no there's no way that the title is changing here. Kenny Omega retains. You and I are pretty lockstep in our opinion that Hangman Page needs to be the guy that dethrones Omega when that happens. I think we'll both, if that doesn't materialize for some reason, and again, say for like an injury that we don't, you can't predict, that would be the only reason why I would see that that not happening. At the same time, who knows? We've We've been wrong before, Jim, and I'm sure we'll be wrong again. Uh, clearly here, we're both not wrong uh, with our Omega pick and going 10 for 10. So, uh, listeners, thanks. When we come back and talk about this show next week, uh, there won't be much, there won't be a change, you know, in the in the standings. Jim will still have a lead 
Um, that being said, uh, the, the the records and and how this show plays out will will maybe change the way things look. So yeah. So we've got our all-out picks in, and then uh, our next picks. Death before dishonor. Death before dishonor, which is next the following week, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. And so far, there are seven matches, I believe, announced so far for Death Before Dishonor. Um, did you see? Um, just uh, so this is an aside, a non AEW. Did you happen to see the six-man team that uh, Violence Unlimited will be facing? I did not. I heard it was a past, present, and future kind of pure competitor. But did, did, did they announce them formally on week by week? They did. I would they love did. to have you call me. John Walters is the past. Makes sense. Yep. The present is LSG. Okay. And the future is Lee Moriarty. Oh, cool. Okay. That, cool. that one that I was like, oh, I've seen a little bit of him in um, the MLW Battle Riot. Obviously, it's a Battle Royal, so it's hard to get. But I've heard a ton of buzz around the guy. Um, and I know he worked the PWG show uh, when they came back with Mystery Vortex, which I saw you posted the preview for. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Did the preview happen to say when it might be available? It's for available pre for pre-order on PWG's site. I looked at high spots on my mobile device yesterday, and I did not see it. But I'm sure that that is maybe just it not being the website being not mobile friendly. Uh, I would imagine it's up for pre-sale on high spots as well. Uh, that's who I'll go through. Um, to get it. And, and yes, uh, the clips of him and Gresham will whet your appetite even more. So that's cool. I actually, I'm really happy and I'm, and I'm, I would have been excited no matter what, what, but you're getting the organic response of me being told by you. So, um, yeah, I, I would have, I would have very much believed Walters and LSG to comprise that team. If you had said guess before you told me, I would not have guessed Lee Moriarty. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think that was pretty that was pretty fun. Um, and there is still a match yet to be announced between two people who recently have been released from another company. They did announce on week by week that September 3rd, so this Friday, they will announce uh, who those two people are. Early guess for me, by the way, just totally a little bit of a guess, but seeing kind of who's being announced for different shows and those kinds of things. I'm guessing Alex Zane and Jake Atlas, but that's just my or Ari Sterling, as he used to be known. The, the rumbling I had heard was Tony Neese and Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews. So we'll see, right? So that that's going to be that's going to be the fun part about the who and the what and comprise yep. that. I, I, I'm a big Buddy Matthews fan. I think I've said that on here before. Buddy Murphy in the past uh, just picked him up actually in our fantasy wrestling league because I think we're about to start seeing him just about everywhere um, now that he is as of today. Uh, you know, totally released and, and free made a little unfortunate tweet yesterday, but he apologized. So let's let people apologize and let them be better people. Um, sometimes I think in the world, we get a little too, somebody did something stupid, quickly realized it and, and apologized and we don't want to forgive, but let's, let's be better with that. <laughs> um, he, he tried, he's trying to be better. Let's be better to him as well. Um, High spots does not have it up yet, Tom, just for okay. what it's Okay. Um, the making of a varsity athlete is the most recent one, um, which that goes all the way back to 2019. Yeah, December 2019. They don't even have the. Uh, was there a 2020? Did PWG even have an early early year show? I know the March one got canceled. 
I don't remember if they have. No, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain their last show was fall of 2019, and by fall, I mean anytime. December, in that last... actually. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, the making of a varsity athlete was December of 2019. So Super Dragon, look out. Maybe he'll come in AEW. Doubt it. Um. Well, now that we've, as I predicted, gone down a few rabbit holes here at the end of the show. Um, I think All Out's going to be a fun show. We'll both see it sometime, probably after it airs live. So don't look for any live reactions on our social media if you if you interact with us there. Um, you can interact with us on social media for the podcast, though, as well. We do have a Twitter feed, uh, which right now mostly posts when we have new episodes. Um, but if we start getting a little more interaction, you never know. might happen. Um, so at Two Spot Monkeys on Twitter or Two Spot Monkeys on Facebook uh, as well. So we don't have an Instagram because... I don't know. What would we really put on Instagram, Tom? Pictures of our lovely faces? I don't really know. The figures we find out in the wild? I don't know. Yeah. True. You found that sweet looking Pentagon. Did you did you buy the Pentagon, by the way? I did. You buy the Pentagon. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. I, the, rhombus, uh, like, the rhombus wasn't available, so I grabbed the Pentagon. Bad math jokes. Dad jokes, maybe even, from a dad. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I grabbed the comma Mustafa, as I said, or comma. I guess they're not using the Mustafa part, but Comma he was yeah, it was the Supreme Fighting Machine comma. Supreme Fighting Machine, absolutely. Looks good. Looks good, but snagged that one and yeah, they didn't really have they they had the Alistair Black, but I already have that. So I saw the Bam Bam Bigelow this week from series eleven like legends and the W World title. And it was awesome, but the package was not in good shape. So that's always a that's always a deal breaker for me. If you, if yep. the package doesn't look good, uh it's a no go. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't open my figures up, so that's the other challenge. If I open them up, it wouldn't care. Ro, absolutely, I'd buy any banged up. In fact, I'd buy the damaged packaging ones online because they're cheaper. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm the same way. I don't open them and make storage a little bit tougher, certainly. But uh, I, I fear for the day that I have a child and I have to put all of my figures up higher, and uh, because if my kid opens them, I'd hate to have to sell the kid. So, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let my wife hear that. That's um, not yours. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, uh, interact with us on social media. Send us an email to spotmonkeys at gmail.com. Uh, make a comment on you know either the podcast apps. Give us a review there. Make a comment on the YouTube. Uh, spammers, go away. I'm tired of deleting your spam comments on our YouTube. Don't need them. But uh, otherwise, Tom, anything you want to say before we sign off? No, I hope everyone uh, who follows AEW is, is as excited as Jim and I are, and hopefully that came across as you listen today. Uh, we can't wait to come back and talk about it next week, and of course, uh, talking about Ring of Honor's death before dishonor, and maybe some NFL, too. We're, we'll try to cram it in there, if nothing else. Go Bears go. And on that note, we will see you, talk to you, we won't see you, maybe we'll see you, you might see us. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Be safe.